listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Good morning, New Chapel. How's everybody doing this morning? Clap your hands if you're excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Absolutely. So excited for today. It's great to see you to be able to worship our great God with each and every one of you today. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, my name's Brian Cappiello. I'm one of the associate pastors here at New Chapel, and uh, I've had the incredible honor of serving uh, at this church alongside my beautiful wife, Naya. Can y'all give it up for Naya this morning? She is so wonderful. Uh, We've been serving on staff here together for about five and a half years, and uh, it's been Uh, The great joy of my life to serve alongside my better half. And if you have kids, uh, you have undoubtedly seen her in action on Sundays directing the kids' ministry. Uh, And that's just what a great joy. Um, Before I go any further, I just want to pause uh, and ask if we could all say together uh, happy anniversary to Pastor Joe and Kaya. Can we give it up for them, guys? Absolutely. Uh, It's 12 years, 12 years, and I just want to say thank you for for demonstrating what it looks like to put God first in a marriage. And I know Kai is serving this service, so I would be saying it to both of them, but I also, just pretend, uh, I also just wanted to say thank you for being a man who uh, serves his family, loves his wife, and honors what it looks like to have integrity. And so thank you, Pastor Joe. Uh, for that. Uh, I'm honored today that I have the privilege, the great honor of sharing God's word today. Uh, And we have been on this journey all together as a church in the month of January, answering some key questions about what your life is missing. Uh, And thematically, we've been talking about how a lot of people have high hopes, but those hopes are never realized in their life because there's something that's missing. Aristotle says that we are what we repeatedly do, and therefore we need to develop practices in our lives, some doing, so that we can take, take those things, that life change that we're hoping for, and take it out of the realm of hope and into the realm of we're making a change here. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many know that hope is a great motivator? Hope is a great motivator. Uh, but we've talked about it in this series. It is not a strategy. And so the Bible has a lot to say about hope, uh, but hope is good. You need hope, but it's not a good strategy. I like it said this way. First, we form our practices, and then those practices, really, what they do is they form us. Uh, and this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2. This is the... The message uh, paraphrase, uh, it says, fix your attention on God. That's what we need to do, fix our attention on God, and then what's going to happen? You'll be changed from the inside out. In other words, it's not a, we're going to change some externals, and then everything's going to come into alignment. He's going to change you from the inside out. He's going to, to, to heal your heart, change your motivations, change your desires. He's going to transform you inside out. It says, readily recognize what he wants from you 
and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down, I think this is so apropos for where we're at today. Uh, Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. How many know that is not just true, but more true than it's ever been today? Uh, and, and it's unavoidable that you're going to come in contact with culture and people who are enculturated. And that's why this verse is so important. It says, God wants, uh, God brings the best out of you. And I want to make this bold statement. We want to do the same thing. We want to bring the best out of you. That's, that's part of the vision that we want to, we want to help you to Bring not just the best out of you, but God's best out of you. But here's what it takes. It develops, takes developing well-formed maturity in you. And so what we've been talking about, these practices that we're developing, are not self-help. They're not self-help. They're God-help practices. They're like God-on-your-side kind of practices. And, And here's some good news. It's not that we just have to try hard. It's that we have to allow God to work in us and work through us and transform us on the inside out. And so, uh, before we jump into it today, just quick review. Week one, two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, first things first, putting uh, the focus on what's first. And really, people underestimate the power of first things. In other words, what you do first, say first, spend first, put first in your life, sets a precedent for the rest. It's, it's a foundational message. If you miss it, you're going to want to uh, catch up on that. Week two, last week, we got into our minds, into our brains, because we have a lot of promises and a lot of hope, but oftentimes our minds can get in the way and our thoughts can get in the way of seeing those things come to pass in our life. And so we were talking about uh, taking control of our thoughts, and Pastor Joe taught that so thoroughly. Both of those, if you miss them, newchapel.com slash watch. You can catch those on there and all of the other sermon content as well. What is your life missing? Week number three, write it down. I need to keep my life aligned with my purpose. Write that down. I need to keep my life in alignment for why I'm on the planet in the first place. And I actually, I see a chiropractor, and I see this chiropractor uh, fairly regularly. Um, You know, maybe I should see them a little bit more regularly than I do, Uh, but especially like when I sleep wrong or something happens, I do something while I'm working out, and I just know I'm not going to have relief until I get set back into alignment. And I see this chiropractor, and it's, it's awful, awfully funny. It's, it's actually a wonderful experience because I know there's going to be pretty quick relief when I get that adjustment. Uh, and, and I've actually learned quite a bit about just asking questions, and I want to know more about the spine and alignment. Uh, and it's, it's strange to me. Sometimes I go into the chiropractor, and I'm, I'm talking about how my shoulder hurts, and then she pulls my leg, and it feels better. Or I go in and I'm like, my hip is throbbing, and she punches my shoulder and all of a sudden my hips, or I got a headache and she's squeezing my foot. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The strangest things, but what that's called is referred pain. 
So you think that the pain is the problem, but the pain is actually not the problem. The pain is actually coming from a different area that is causing the problem in the first place. It's called referred pain, and that's a lot of our lives, is we have pain, and we think the pain is the problem, but the pain is not the problem. That we need alignment. When our, when our spine is out of alignment, when our life is out of alignment, you'll have pains all over. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to run around trying to fix all of those pains, but you're not going to actually fix the problem. And it's, it's important to sink into this. And we need to get those things aligned. And, and it will give, there's nothing more that will give definition to your money to your marriage, to your time, family, job, everything, than knowing why I'm on the planet and knowing what my God-given purpose is. Amen, somebody? And that is a pillar, really a pillar of the vision here at New Chapel, that we want to help you discover your purpose, that we want to help you uh, uh, find out what God has created you for. And, And really, it's the best way to pastor people. And here's why. Sometimes it's not always best to try to fix all of the problems or what you think is the problem. Because we, like, it's like, I know that these things are painful, but let's get this into alignment. And what you'll see is the direction and the healing in those other areas. Once our life is in alignment with God's purpose for us, it'll be so much, you'll, you'll have healing and direction and relief in those other areas. And so here's why this is important. Write this down. Because I have a purpose. Write that down. It's important to know this to get our life into alignment because you have a purpose. And let me tell you, this is not just for preachers. Every single one of you in this room right now have a unique God-designed purpose for your life. Every single one of you. This is not limited to people who are in ministry. And I want to tell you, your life will never make sense. And you'll have a lot of problems in your periphery until your life is in alignment with his purpose. This is what the book of Psalm, the Bible says in in chapter 139, verse 16. It says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. And if you're like me, I've added some chapters that God didn't write. Anybody else want to shame the devil and tell the truth? And and I've I've added stuff that God never intended. And there might be some of you in the room right now who think, well, I don't know about that because I've added too many chapters. And I want to just release you from that and let you know God has a unique ability that no matter how many chapters you added, the last chapter that he has for you will pick right up where you want to, when you submit yourself to him and when you make the, that decision to realign your life with his purpose, he'll pick right back up with the book that he ordained. And it says, before one of them came to be. And so this is critical to your life. Purpose is so big. This is what the book of Ephesians says. It says that we are God's workmanship. Everybody say workmanship. workmanship. That was weak. Everybody say workmanship. Workmanship. That was a long word. You guys are doing great. Uh, That means that you are God's handiwork. 
Like you're a masterpiece. You're, you're a one-of-a-kind painting that was created in Christ Jesus. And, and I want you to see what it says there. Created in Christ, not to pay bills and not to go on vacations, not to just go to school, not just to live, but to do good works, which God prepared in, let's say that word together, in That was a little better. In advance for us to do. What does that mean? It means that God had a purpose for your life before he created you. Did you know that you were not a surprise to God? That he had a a, a purpose and a plan before you were formed in your mother's womb? And there may be accidental parents, but there's no accidental children. And God had a plan for every single one of us. And that's important. It's so important, and, and for some of us in the room, the devil has tried to lie to us, to, to get us to live by default rather than by design, and it's important to, to come to the conclusion that I know God has a plan and a purpose for me. I need to make the determination. I'm going to sink into discovering what that is and then align myself with that. Amen, somebody? Amen, and everything in our lives... That's not supposed to be there. Up until this point that has tried to take you off of your purpose has been from the enemy. And if we're being honest, um, a lot of our dumb decisions. Amen, somebody? Y'all didn't want to say amen to that one. That's all good. That's all good. But before I move on, I just want to say one common thing that that I've seen, that I've observed you know, I've been able to meet with people and talk with enough people to see that there is, uh, when it comes to this, sometimes a feeling of uh, unworthy that God couldn't use me because I did this or I struggled with this for this long. And if that's you in the room, I need you to hear this. The Bible says in Romans 11 and verse 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. It says that they're without repentance. In other words, God is not going to remove the gifts, the plan, and the purpose that he has on your life for any circumstance, for any reason. They're irrevocable. And I understand, though, why, why somebody may feel like that. I remember the moment that I felt God speak to my heart and, and called me into the ministry, and it, it was... I was, uh, I was driving on I-96, 96 eastbound, that, that portion where you kind of go over that hill, where you kind of get that view of the whole city, you know what I'm talking about, 96 east, that beautiful uh, view of the city, and, and it was in that moment, and I'm, I'm worshiping, and I'm praying to God, uh, and, and I felt the Lord speak to my heart and, and call me into the ministry, and what happened was I, was, I was overwhelmed with emotion for a moment, and then that subsided, and almost immediately, my insecurities and the enemy and all of my thoughts, here's, here's honestly what I thought, not me, I couldn't do that, I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified for that, what would my family think? There's no way I could do that. God couldn't use me in that way. I just want to say thanks be to God 
and his amazing grace. Because I know if God can call me to do something, he will call any one of you. And here's the thing. You might not be called vocationally into ministry. But every person who's a Christian in this room is called to serve God, serve his people, make an impact for the kingdom of God in this world. Amen, somebody? Amen. Praise the Lord. Secondly, it's important to get our life in alignment because, write this down, there's competition for your time and attention. If you haven't noticed, social media is in competition for your time and attention. Netflix is in competition for your time and attention. I see some facial expressions that tell me everything I need to know right now. Sports is in competition for your time and attention. (laughs) If you didn't know, the credit card companies have a plan for your life. You know that commercial, what's in your wallet? They're not asking anymore, they're demanding. Like they want to know right now. And here's the thing, if, if you allow someone or someone or something take up your time and define your life, they will. If we're not deliberate about this, the world will determine what your life is going to be like. And that's a reason we need to be careful because what happens is we start adding things to our life. We don't even realize it where we start adding things to our life that were never intended and never designed to be there. And the bottom line is a lot of us are doing too much. We're trying to fit too much in. And a lot of that is because this mantra that we have in this country where more is better. You know what I'm talking about? More is better. So if $1 is good, $2 is got to help me out. If one Krispy Kreme is good, two Krispy Kremes are? Better. That was better. If, two, uh, if one car is good, two cars are? Better. If one wife is good, two wives are? Wrong, 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 wrong. I'm joking. You better not say that. You better not do that. My God. Praise the Lord. Um, y'all are so silly. Um, I heard this time a, a seminary student, just sidebar, a seminary student asked his Professor, uh, why Solomon had so many wives? And his, his seminary professor looked at him and he said, he said, well, it was because uh, when he got home from work, he knew at least one of them would be in a good mood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm joking. I'm joking. I will promise I'll never say that again until next service. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's rein it in. All right, praise the Lord. Here's a truth. An overwhelmed schedule will produce an unsatisfied soul. And that's something we, we need to realize. And, and, and a lot of us are trying to fix all of these problems, but it's, it's more about your purpose and your schedule and your time. It's, it's referred pain. This is what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, better... One handful. Like, I have two hands, but I'm only going to grab one handful worth, and I'm going to have some tranquility in my life. Then two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, I'm, I'm trying to grab too much, and I'm, I'm not even able to grab that. The third reason that aligning our life with God's purpose 
is important is because, write this down, time is short. And that's on two different levels. Time is short for our life. Uh, your, I hate to break this to you, you're one day closer to the end of your life than you were yesterday. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? I'm Brian, I'm here to encourage you. Praise the Lord. You're one day closer. And then on another level, and I'm not, I'm not an eschatologist, which is, which is a, a theological word for, for those people who deeply understand and study and teach end times. But I know how to read my Bible. And the Bible says a lot about when you see this, look up. Your redemption draws near. And, and Jesus talks a lot about when you see these things, get your house in order, I'm coming soon. And there's a lot of things, a lot of those signs that I can't see one that has not either been fulfilled or is being fulfilled right now. And I personally believe we are living in the last of the last days. And so here's what's important. Time is short. If it's not the last of the last days, it's the last of our days. Our time, we're, we're living on temporary time. And so it's so important because life and time is short. I want you to hear my heart on this. Because we don't have room to live casual lives. Like, like the whatever, it's fine. I'm not going to worry about it kind of lives when it comes to important God purpose type of things. This is what the book of James says in chapter 4. James says, now listen, you who say, oh, today or tomorrow, we'll go there this or that city. Maybe we'll spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. That's casual. That's, that's not taking things seriously. Says why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? Like, we're not even promised tomorrow. And then it says, what is your life? And before you have an opportunity to answer that scripture, it says, you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, that, the, the word picture there is, is when you boil some water and, and you see that little, that little puff come up and then it's gone like that, that that's the word that the Bible here is describing our lives with. And then it says, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. If it's God's will. And so we're on this journey today to find out what God's will is and do that. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen. And so I want to help us solidify that decision to align our lives with God's purpose and how we're going to do that. So I have four thoughts for us today. Number one, we need to decide what is important. Decide what's important. And that word there is great, important, because honestly, a lot of our lives are defined by what's urgent and by somebody else. And there's always another thing that you have to do that's getting put onto your plate, and, and I just want you to remember, nobody on their deathbed wished that they had another hour in the office. 
And there's things that we have to do. Like, I understand, like, I'm not called to mow the grass, but I'll still do it. And so there's things that we're going to need to do, but we can't let those things dominate our lives. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen, somebody? And so we can't lose, what is it, our priorities. And we need to go through the time and the effort that exercise of writing them down, defining them, what is important. And I got a quick story, just real quick. Uh, Robert uh, was a guy who who really never did this, really never decided what was important. And, and Rob, he, he there was one year he went to the Super Bowl. And, uh, and he went to the Super Bowl, and he had incredible tickets, uh, two tickets, and a 50-yard line, like 10 rows up, just incredible seats. And it was about halfway through the game, and the guy across from him noticed that the seat next to Rob was empty. And he said to him, what's this empty seat for? And and Robert, he goes, it was my wife's ticket, but she died. She passed away. And the guy goes, man, that's that's awesome that you saved that seat for her, kind of in memory of her. But man, these seats are, they're thousands of dollars. Couldn't you have given it to your relative, a relative or something like that. He says, I couldn't. The guy goes, why not? He said, they're at the funeral. (laughs) That's sad and funny at the same time. Y'all know that Robert did not decide what was important. (laughs) Praise the Lord. This is what the book of Philippians chapter 3 says. It says, uh, the apostle Paul is writing and says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. If I could paraphrase it, it, whatever that I thought was important, whatever I was prioritizing, the the more I I, I got to know Jesus and I got closer to him, the more I realized that that those things were unimportant after all. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the, and I love this, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, the surpassing greatness for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them, this is, this is the key. When we look back on those things that we thought were important, I consider them garbage. Like they're rubbish that I may gain Christ. And, and a lot of us in the room, the devil has lied to you. And he's got you to believe that, that you shouldn't go all in with God. That you should kind of just squeak into heaven. That, you know, go, go live it up. Go have fun. That out there in the world, that's where the fun is. And I want to tell you that the most fun and rewarding and fulfilling thing that you can have in your life is to know that your life is making a difference to affect the kingdom of God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That is the, the, the greatest thing we can have in our lives. And, and if, you've, if you've never sunk into that, you're missing what the Bible describes as the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. And the only way we can know that is to try it, is to try to sink in, to go all in with Jesus. And so there's some levels to this. There's the, the I believe in Jesus level. There's the I'm going to try to go to church often level. And then there's the, the I'm going to take the plunge. And I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to serve his people, and I'm going to make a difference for the kingdom of God with my life and make an impact level. And when you try that, you'll see the surpassing greatness of God come to pass in your life. Amen, somebody? 
And so we need to decide what's important. Secondly, we need to uh, write this down, give calendar time to the important things. There's no genius to this, but it is surprising to me when people have values, but they don't show up on their calendar. Let me rephrase that. If it's not on your calendar, it's not a value. That got real quiet. If it's not on your calendar, it, it's just not a value. And, and so if you value your marriage, you need to put time on the calendar for it. If you value your family, you need to be intentional about making time and putting that on the calendar. And here's the best way to do it. And it's, good. it's a great opportunity. We're in January. Fill up your calendar with the things that you've decided are important in your life and those things that are in alignment with God's purpose for you first before everybody else. Because y'all know you're going to have 78 people like in the next month reach out to you trying to make plans. You got to fill your calendar first with what's important so you can say, I don't have time for that. And then I just want to say, it's not in my notes, we need to say no to more things so that we can say yes to what God has for us. Because it, and it goes back to that not being led by what's urgent because other people's problems can't be your priority. And so uh, we need to make time for those things. And this is what Psalm uh, chapter 90 verse 12 says. It says, and this is, this is a prayer I try to pray over myself often. It says, Lord, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help me, this is what I say, help me to spend today as I should. Help me to spend my time as I should. And there's three things we need to make time for. Number one, renewal. You need to make time for renewal. You need to make time to refresh yourself in God. Some of you are working too much. And here's what I mean. We need to make sure we're abiding in, in God's principles and his plan for our lives. One of them being the Sabbath. We need a day each week to rest our soul and our spirit and our body. To press into God. A, soul to, a day to rest. Because you will be able to get more done and accomplished in the six days with God's rest and God's favor than you can working your tail off going seven days. Did y'all know that? And, uh, and there's actually a season of my life I violated this, and I just want to be, be honest and transparent with you. And I really did pay the price for it. It was 2019, and, and I had bought our first house in Cedar Springs, and, and this house, I'm just telling you, it was, a, it was a dumpster fire. But it was our dumpster fire. You know what I'm talking about? But it was ours. And our schedule at the church was full, and then the days we weren't there, we were, we were doing 10, 12 hours at our house project and violating that day of rest. And, and I got to a spot, honestly, where I was not resting, and I, I was tore back. I was unhealthy. And it was starting to affect other areas of my life. Where, where you, and here's one of the things that, that happens when, when you're not taking time to rest and to find renewal, is your joy will become depleted. 
and, and you'll be way, oh, way, and my wife can attest to this, <laughs> uh, way more uh, uh, frustrated more easily. And, and so we need, and a lot of other things, I can't even go into the depths of it today, uh, but we need to take time for renewal. And I'm grateful that I had my pastor who was able to sit me down and talk to me about the condition of my soul and, and help me to realign myself with God's will. But here's the thing that's important. I believe strongly it was God's will for me and and my wife to buy that house and fix it up. And it certainly was God's will for us to be working at this church. Both of those things were in God's will, but it was never his will for us to violate the Sabbath. And so that's that's important. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly... We are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We need to make time for that. The second thing, we need to take time, uh, make time for relationships. Write that down. The most important decisions that you're going to make in your life after serving God is the people that you're going to pick to be in your life. And here's something that's important to understand is your purpose that God has placed on your life is so big, you're not going to be able to accomplish it alone. You're going to need other people. And these godly relationships are so important. And so this week and next week, we have a small groups fair uh, in the lobby. Uh, Small groups launch next weekend. Uh, Well, technically the 30th, that Monday, our, our first small groups. You need relationship. You need people in your life who can encourage you and speak truthfully, and and you can grow together. And you're going to be in a small group, and you're going to be studying something and growing deeper as a disciple of Christ, but also you're going to be fellowshipping and developing uh, meaningful relationships, and that's going to be so important. Sink into it. I, I want to challenge you. Sink into this for 10 weeks of small groups and watch what God will do in your life. I'm just telling you it'll make all the difference in the world. And so we needed to to make time for relationship. The third thing, we need to take time, make time for reward. And what I mean by that is make time for something that is going to bring heavenly reward. Not the reward I know you may have been thinking of when I first said it. Make time for something that's going to bring eternal reward. Look, and I just want you to look at me for a moment. You're going to stand before God one day. And part of our job is to help prepare you for that final exam. And there's going to be two questions. The commitment you made to Jesus Christ and what you did and how you leveraged the life that God gave you and the opportunities he placed in front of you. And so when we get there, we want to be living a life on purpose, making an impact for the kingdom of God. This is what Romans 12 says in verse 4. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, in Christ we, us in the room, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift, and watch this right here, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy, If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then encourage. If it's giving. Are you seeing there's a pattern here? 
that the Bible's illustrating something. And I'm so grateful that, that God makes it clear that he's uniquely designed and created us with certain gifts according to the plan and the purpose that he has for us. That should be good to know so that you can stop comparing yourself and your plan and your purpose to those around you. Releasing yourself from comparison is going to allow you to walk in joy in your life. Because if you compare your calling to other people's calling, I'm just telling you, it is going to lead to just an an unsatisfied soul, deep frustration in your spirit. And And it's because we can't do that because God created you with a plan unique to you that only you could do. Amen, somebody? And this passage of scripture, is that talking about God's people partnering with his local church and serving people, God's people, and people who aren't in that church yet? On Sundays, yes. But it's not just limited to Sundays. Like serving God is not just a Sunday thing. Like it should be a Sunday thing, but it's not just a Sunday thing. It also looks like random acts of kindness. Looks like volunteering at the kids' food basket. Looks like praying for somebody who's struggling or sharing God's word with a friend or a neighbor. The third thing, we need to eliminate the non-essentials. And these last two thoughts are going to go quick, so don't miss it. Eliminate the non-essentials. We all have things in our life that shouldn't be there. And the secret is to eliminate as many of them as we can. And I'm just, don't, don't, if, if any of you are glancing over at your spouse right now like they're a non-essential, please, God, stop. The secret is to identify those things, and honestly, we should make a list. Like, don't make a to-do list, make a to-don't list. So that we can do like the book of Hebrews says here in chapter 12. It says, let us throw off everything. Everybody say everything. Everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And this might sound kind of childish, maybe to you. But for me, one of those things was video games. When I was in high school and college and even after that, I I enjoyed, and like I I really enjoyed playing video games. And just to kind of give you a snippet, I had, when I was, this is so stupid, I had, when I was at university, I had a, a, an advanced English course, I had a final paper that was due, and midnight before the paper's due, I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And, and here's the thing, I, I, I got the paper done, and I actually got a pretty good grade, but I also only got seven minutes of sleep that night. And, and so, for me... I came to the realization that video games was something that was hindering me from my purpose. It's not that video games was sinful. It's just I was, I was allowing it to become a hindrance. And so I sold my counsel and I kissed that goodbye. And the question is, what things in your life should you kiss goodbye? And it might be for a season, but it also might be forever. Like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you can do You can make those changes for whatever it is with God's help. Amen, somebody? Last one. We need to regularly take inventory. We need to take inventory. 
And I want you to write that down and then just think about that for a moment. And, and I, just, I just know that it would be a good use of our day-to-day as a church if we would ask God, where is my life out of alignment? Like, God, are all of these things that are nagging me and that I'm chasing around trying to put out fires, are they caused by an alignment issue? And it's important for us to regularly take inventory. And I, I love this, this passage of scripture. And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray according to this. And I just want you to receive this today. Psalms 39. says, Lord, remind me. Remind me. And some of the, these things, you may have known all of this already that I was speaking today. But I... I bet I did remind you. And I know the Lord wants to remind you too how brief my time is on earth. That my days are numbered. That my life is fleeing away. He says, my life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. So let's take that thought and let's make the determination that we're going to get our lives back in alignment with God's purpose for us. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I love you. God, we love you and we worship you. God, I pray that you'd be ministering to the hearts of your people in this room right now. God, we ask together Where is our life out of alignment? God, reveal that to us. Reveal that to us. Hallelujah. God, we make the decision today that we're going to have a focus, have a practice of setting our life in alignment to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, would y'all look at me just for a moment? There might be people in this room right now who are hearing this message and, and it's, it's good news, it's, it's exciting, but you might say, well, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you in the room, we're going to say a prayer in just a moment, a prayer of, of, of salvation, that we're submitting ourselves to God, that we're calling Jesus Lord. And I want you to know that if that's you, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the perfect, sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God that God sent into the world, lived a perfect life, that died on a cross for our sins in our place, was buried in the ground. Three days later, God raised Him from the dead so that we can be forgiven and have victory in Christ. And the Bible says that when we, when we repent and turn, here's what the, the Bible word repent means. It mean, it, repent, it means turn. Like I, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to turn to Jesus. And we call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says you'll be saved. And so if that's you, would you bow your heads again just for a moment? Everybody in the room, nobody peeking. If that's you in the room, on the count of three, would you slip your hand in the air? Just an act of obedience to Christ. 
just being obedient to God, would you slip your hands in the air on the count of three? One, two, three. Go ahead. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You can put them back down. God bless you. We're going to say a prayer together. Christians in the room, say this prayer with us. Repeat this after me in support of them and in declaration of your faith. Say this prayer after me. Lord, I come before you today in search of a new way. You said in your word, if I would call Jesus Lord, that I would be saved. Jesus, I now call you Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for putting your spirit in me. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all said together, amen. Can we give it up for those people who accepted Christ in this place? The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, have a great week. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.